The following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, the 29th of May, 2022. It's Memorial Day weekend, winding down. Tomorrow is actually Memorial Day. Some of you have off. Some of you do not. I hope you get to go visit those you have lost with that time. Thank you for joining us, and I am host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. Also, special thanks to Joan, who is in the chat room and is always here with me, slogging it through and looking stuff up and commiserating and all kinds of fun things. So thank both of you. Tonight's show, as all our shows, contains spoilers up through the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. So in other words, if it's out there officially and you didn't know and it spoils something, AMC spoiled it so you don't get to whine about it. That's basically the point. (laughs) All right. Typically, we start our show about a half hour before the new episode of Walking Dead, whatever spinoff or series we're on airs live each week with recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m. we go dark or mute. We watch the new episode together and then at the commercial breaks we rate the episode between 1 to 10. 1 being, oh my god, get this foul garbage out of my face and 10 being, this is so perfect and I want to live with this forever as well as give our listeners commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic-free, so please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented. All right. I am just going to check in the chat room real quick. Joan's been very uncharacteristically quiet, so I want to make sure she can hear me and make sure that the rest of you can hear me. And otherwise, I will have to back up and say all these things over again, which is always fun, though. <laughs> all righty. So she can hear me, which is fantastic. All righty. Welcome to Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Fear ran the usual front eight episodes, then was on break until April 17th. There's one more episode left in Season 7 after tonight, wrapping on June 5th. That means this is the penultimate episode! Yay! (laughs) It's been a running joke that we've been flogging until it's glue on this show. But that's okay. We like to have a little fun with our zombies. That's all right. It's all good. Okay. Um... I have been skipping the spinoff project updates, and I'm going to make one exception. I have a tiny, tiny, tiny bit of a potential update. It's a rumor, but it's a somewhat official rumor based on things said at conventions. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because it might affect when Fear Season 8 happens. Although that's really not going to be possible to decide unless we know if Fear is going to proceed walking dead classic be concurrent like one episode than the other as he did often with world beyond or if it's going to air afterwards and i'm starting to lean into that 
Walking Dead Classic is probably going to do this, what I'm about to tell you, followed by fear, rather than being concurrent. This is my current theory based on it. So this is what I have heard. Recently, AMC announced an epic live finale fan event that will take place in Los Angeles in November. If that is the case, then it's safe to say that with eight episodes remaining, Season 11 of Walking Dead Classic uh, will premiere the third part at the very end of September, beginning of October, to allow for the final episode ever of The Walking Dead to air in November to coincide with this live fan event. This is clearly speculation, but it would make sense with this new announcement. Um, That all makes a lot of sense, and I think it would be weird and a little crippling to wrap up fear afterwards. So I might possibly slightly rescind what I said about it going after. It may be concurrent, which would make a hell of a send-off, because that would be the um, first, no, excuse me. It would be the beginning of season eight, so it would be split in the middle. And I think that would not be appropriate to tag on to a large fan event where we're kind of saying goodbye to Walking Dead Classic. It's got to either be this summer or it's going to be quite a while from now. I don't think that they should tag these two things together. So that's my update with that, and I want to make sure you heard. Um, Joan has a comment. Uh, She's giggling because I said commiserating. Who knew commiserating was fun? Well, you know, misery loves company. That's where that comes from. And Joan is, of course, yay for the penultimate because we like to root for the underdog and we like to have fun with this stuff. Okay. So call in to speak with the host if you would like. 914-338-0314. You're welcome to call anytime tonight. But we especially encourage you between now and 9 p.m. Eastern time which is about 20 minutes and change from now. You're welcome to still call during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the next commercial break where we can chat on the air. If chatting on the phones is not your thing, then join us in our live chat room where you'll be able to listen to the show real time as well as go back to that link after the fact to download the episode. And we give the link for that on our Facebook page, usually my social media and so forth. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening, you can still go to the link after the show is done and download the broadcast as an MP3 podcast for later listening. Or you can just play it right there on the website if you want. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page or just click play if you don't want to download. You can also download or listen to this and prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn apps. Tonight's fear episode is entitled Amina, A-M-I-N-A, and that is as in the name Wilhelmina. The official AMC synopsis is, as the survivors prepare to escape the area by raft, Alicia turns back to save one more person trapped in the fallout. AMC has been fairly, not direct, but they have been public about who that person is. I'm not actually going to say unless somebody really wants me to, which is probably Joan's the only one in a position to beg for that. And she may or may not care. She may want to be surprised. That's up to her. Okay. As is tradition, this is the way. And I have additional synopses for you. Um, This is from one of my favorite top three sources that we get stuff for the show. It's undeadwalking.com, fansided at undeadwalking.com. 
And they have an article by Renee Hansen entitled Fear the Walking Dead Season 7, Episode 15, Amina Marks 11, oh, excuse me, not 11, 100th episode. I want to get this right because it's a big, big deal. So we should make a big deal about it. All right. Uh, to commemorate a milestone of this significance, this episode was directed by longtime Walking Dead Universe director Michael Satrazemis, a.k.a. Satro, with showrunners Andrew Chambliss and Ian Goldberg writing. From the title, has been speculated that this could be the episode that sees the return of fan-favorite character Madison Clark, played by Kim Dickens. And you know what? I'm going to give Kim some applause, because she's been through the ringer with this show. <laughs> I liked her character a lot. She kind of had that Carol Pelletier vibe to it where, you know, she started out like a housewife. She had a little bit more balls than Carol did at the beginning, though. Um, But then she turned into, like, this war machine, and it was amazing stuff. I love that. All right. So Joan's not interested in begging to find out who Alicia rescues. It's fine. It's not some weird, quirky thing. It's a fairly straightforward answer, but... I will leave you to find out as the show unravels it. Okay. Um, I'm pulling up the... There it is. Okay, yeah. I lost the article for a second. Okay, let's continue. The back half of Season 7 has seen many character-centric episodes leading up to the beginning of the war for the Tower. Alicia still battles the fevers, and the dreams the fevers have induced have become more real. Strand, while sitting safe and sound in his tower has become ever more paranoid since Morgan tried to poison him. And i got to stop here and make a commentary. You keep saying the dreams are real, except that what makes something real is if it's happening out in reality for everyone, not real to her. There's a different word for that. And I'm getting annoyed because I have assumed these were like premonitions, like some kind of ability that she's gotten from being alive and having been bitten. But it really just seems like what they mean is it's real to her, and that's not the same, and I'm annoyed. All right, let's continue. The USS Pennsylvania, used as a haven for Morgan's group, has started to leak radiation, requiring an evacuation. Morgan has taken Mo, baby, baby Morgan, away on a raft to look for a safe place to keep her away from the radiation on the sub and the battle at the tower. Many believe he will find Padre during his search. I kind of feel like that storyline has been kept in hospice for a reason. And I also, I'm going to go out on a limb. This is not a spoiler in that this is me guessing based on pieces I do know and pieces that just seem logical, which the show is not famous for keeping properly. My assumption is that the actual Padre to find, given the fact that it was based on military stuff, is going to have something to do with where Madison has been. And it is either her allies or possibly her interrogators during that little teaser clip we saw a few weeks ago. All right, that's my theory. Back to the article. But filming for the eighth season is relocating to Savannah, Georgia. I've told you this already. And this seems like the creators are setting things up for a move in that direction with the storyline. Texas and Georgia are very different, so it only makes sense for a move to occur. Uh, I beg to differ. That actually does not make sense. Um, There's nothing in the plot that is sending them all the way back to Georgia. Maybe just Morgan, but he can't have 
traveled that far by himself with the baby looking so goddamn exhausted that it's a plot line in the trailers. Okay. Y'all playing too fast and loose with the geography. Texas and Georgia is not really a walking geography. That's something you need a vehicle for. And you're going through a lot of walkers and blah, blah, blah. Taking care of a baby out in the desert. Y'all have this weird notion Babies are resilient, but at the same time, they're extremely needy for the smallest of things. And it's it's really not viable, and you have relied on it way too much and kind of made a mess. Okay, there's my 16 cents worth. Let's continue. So she claims Texas and Georgia are very different. Yeah, so it only makes sense for a move to occur. Not really, but this is nothing new for Fear of the Walking Dead, as the series has been set in Los Angeles and Mexico before settling in Texas. Los Angeles and Mexico made sense. Going all the way to Texas and skipping everything in between never made sense. Walking away from the Calataca plotline never made sense. Trying to force all of this stuff together never made sense. Because it is so dangerous at these little strongholds. Never mind in between the little strongholds where people haven't cleared shit out. Just saying. All right, that's my analysis. Let's continue with the article. Fear the Walking Dead 100th episode. The celebration of a 100th episode is something to be proud of and is no small accomplishment. Many series don't make it to that point, and although it has had its ups and downs, mostly downs, overall it's a great apocalyptic series, matter of opinion. It has the potential to be, and season three was really stellar, and you guys peed on it. Just saying. And by the way, Joan, you'll find this funny. I ran into a Reddit thread earlier today that came up probably because we're looking for Madison to come back and a whole bunch of people have been agreeing with us that um, Ian and Andrew's vision for this show has really destroyed it. Um, So at least take heart that we're not alone. We're not the only ones who noticed. We're probably just some of the only ones who have stayed with it in spite of itself. Okay. One thing fans love about this series, well, some do, uh, it was that it started at the beginning. Yeah, now that is completely fair. This is what I did like about seasons one through three. What I did not like is how quickly it devolved into just being Walking Dead. I suspect due to the timeline, it was inevitable because the country in the beginnings of the end and the destruction were not living in a vacuum. I mean, look how quick social media works and everything. And even if you roll it back a few years, the capability to do that much was already in existence. So there's no reason that people wouldn't have been talking all over the country and networking like that, sending messages to people. So I suppose it can't be helped, but it just sort of took something away from it that we didn't heavily explore the beginning more. It took too much for granted. Um, Okay, let's go back to it. It gave an account of how people learned what was happening at the onset of the outbreak, to a point. Throughout the series, the tone of things has changed several times, giving viewers many different perspectives of an apocalypse. It does remind me of one thing, Joan. You and I had worked on a list of nicknames for walkers or zombies, and we have not yet completed it or done the episode that I talked about. I was going to do a whole episode dedicated just to giving you guys all the different nicknames that came up and where they came from. Um, So I'm just going to put that kind of back in your ear 
because the series finale is next Sunday, and I do not know what we're doing over the summer. I know that Tales of the Walking Dead has six episodes that's going to air over the summer. I don't know when, and I don't know if they're going to do it right away or if they're going to take a break and then do it so it's closer to when Walking Dead Classic comes back. Not really sure, but I kind of would like to drag that out if we can and update it if we can. They have slowed down with the weird nicknames, so I don't think we have too much updating. But I just want to put that out there on the table and see how you feel. Let me finish the article, and then we'll see what Jones got to say about that. Um, Throughout the series, I read this part to you. The tone of things have changed several times, giving viewers many different perspectives of an apocalypse. The series has been renewed for an eighth season, and many believe that could be the final, praying it's the final, but there's been no official announcement to that effect. It served its purpose, even as toxic and weird as it's been. Oh, that's another thing that I saw in an article I want to bring up. There are a lot of people who have been saying out in social media, in chats about this, that in spite of the ham-fistedness of a lot of the show, that Alicia Debnam Carey, in particular, has done a stellar job of her duties in it, her parts, her lines, her character and everything. In spite of the nonsense, her part in it has been a very good job, and she deserves all the cookies. So you know what? I'm going to give Alicia a big, fat personal round of applause. This is for you, honey. By the way, since I'm over here on the board, um, Joan had a couple comments. When has this show made sense? Not since season three, at least. Yes, that was my point. That was exactly my point. Up to season three, it was fine. Uh, The showrunners in charge of this show have never made sense. Um, Joan, a couple weeks ago, had said they should have gone back to Once Upon a Time when it wasn't... We realize this is fiction. We're not stupid, okay? But when you base a show in real life, even if it's fictional, you tend to try to stay within most of the strictures of actual reality. And the concept that people who are from California who got to Mexico and then ran away and came back would abandon all that and just run off. Why the fuck would they do that? There was nothing so compelling about Texas, of all places, which was not foreshadowed in any way or connected to anyone, that would draw them away from California. There was nothing in Texas that was so much better. And then there's all the states in between. And surviving all that to get to Texas and no comments on the journey. You know, at least I will give The Walking Dead Classic that. When they left Atlanta, they had reasons. And they took a long time. They made a whole season about the journey. And a season and a half about the journey. And at first they they were going up and to Richmond and they lost that one guy in the uh, revolving door that was super cool at the Richmond settlement and then they met Aaron and them and got up to Alexandria you know they made a plot about it and they did run into some of the problems you know starvation getting hit up by herds and they should have done that on fear and at least Walking Dead Classic tried to make sense of it. And it's a difference in showrunners. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I pick on you a lot. I'm going to call things as I see them because you're big boys and you have the job and I don't. You guys have done things to the show that really displease the fans. You don't give a shit. So you have this coming. I'm sorry. We have heard nothing from you to explain a lot of this egregious poetic license, whatever the hell you want to call it. 
Okay, let me go back and give you Joan's other comments. I, I think I hadn't actually gotten to those because I was ranting. I'm sorry. Uh, these showrunners in charge of the show have never made sense, and she's celebrating that we were not alone in fussing about it, and she does still have the list of nicknames. And so, you know, I, I don't have a game plan as to when because, first off, people keep adding to it. And this may be a thing where we present the document and then we have to amend it or something. I don't know. But at any rate, we've been noting these. We have over 100 nicknames now that we've compiled. And this is over all three TV shows, a lot of the webisodes and the miniseries, video games, the comics, and any other media that we can find. You know, we've been getting them everywhere and sourcing them. So that's what's going on with that. Let me go ahead and go back to the article so we can wrap that up. Um, Oh, that actually was a wrap-up. Okay, I don't feel so bad for talking then. That That's, you know. So it is 8.51. We've got not quite 10 minutes. And we will have time to do writers and directors' profiles, most likely. Everyone is familiar tonight, so I'm going to skim right through it with updates. Tonight was written by Ian and Andrew and directed by Satro. Andrew Chambliss has been the co-showrunner for Fear since season four. Uh, he's been involved as a producer for Once Upon a Time for several seasons, story editor for Vampire Diaries, Spartacus on Stars, Dollhouse, and Bionic Woman. That's actually kind of how he got, um, sort of how he got indirectly involved in this. Dollhouse led the things and led the things and ended up with him here. He has previously written or co-written 18 episodes of Fear, starting with season four, episode one, What's Your Story? He wrote five episodes in season four, five in five, four in season six, and four previous to tonight in season seven, the last previous being episode nine, Follow Me. Tonight is his 19th, 15 of the 19 he co-wrote with Ian. The other three were season four, episode one, which is historical, written with Goldberg and Scott Gemple. Season four, episode 11, The Code, co-written with Alex Delisle. And season six, episode 12, In Dreams, co-written with Goldberg and Nazreen Chaudhry. I'm going to ding you guys again for this. I'm going to ding it every goddamn time this episode comes up. In Dreams was a great episode, and who was the fucking idiot that decided to air it on Mother's Day? You should be slapped. I don't know if you have like a Walt Disney hate your mom thing going on, but that was super rude and ugly and too many bad feels. And it, it peed on an episode that was otherwise one of your better ones. And you don't have that many these days. It's not season three, guys. Um, so In Dreams was magnificent for once. And you nerfed that by timing. So going to pick on you every time this happens. All right. Uh, Andrew and Ian also co-wrote next week's season finale called Gone. Uh, let's see if Joan has anything to add. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joan, I want to double check what you're saying about Noah. I was pretty certain he died in Richmond because he died a quintessential, um, God, what do they call it? You know, like a tribute death. Like it was one of the ones that mimicked one that was in the walking, not walking dead, excuse me, that was in Dawn of the Dead. But let me, I'll tell you what, can, I'm going to go ahead and read the article because we're running out of time. 
I, I just want to have you double check on Noah's death being in Alexandria. I assert it was in Richmond because when they left Richmond, Noah wasn't with them. But there's a chance I'm wrong. I've slept since then, and this was several seasons ago. So we'll double check on that. Uh, the article is finished, but let me go ahead and do the bio, see if I can get these out of here before 9 o'clock. Okay. Ian Goldberg has been co-executive producer and showrunner along with Andrew since season four. Blah, blah, blah. Studied at Emerson College, graduated 2004, went to Phillips Academy, class of 2000, lives now in Los Angeles. He's from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, married to Lisa Pemberton Goldberg since uh, 2015. Goldberg has also worked once upon a time as a writer and producer as well as other shows. He has also previously written or co-written 18 episodes of Fear, starting with season four, episode one, What's Your Story? And last being season four, episode nine, Follow Me with Shambliss. Goldberg wrote five episodes in season four, five in five, four in six, and four previous to, to tonight. And season seven, the last being Follow Me. Tonight is his 19th, and they are not the same episodes, though. Actually, let me correct one thing I said on there. Uh, Chambliss did not work on Blackjack, and Goldberg did not work on The Code. Fifteen of the 19 he co-wrote with Chambliss. The other three were What's Your Story, Blackjack, and In Dreams. And again, I'm not going to say it twice in one episode, but you know what I'm going to say. Bad taste. And he co-wrote with Chambliss next week's episode called Gone. That's the season seven finale. Director's profile, Satro. Michael Edison Satrozemis has extensive movie and TV credits to his name, so we're just going to summarize and update his entry. He was some form of camera operator for 15 episodes of Walking Dead Classic, starting with Guts, season one, episode two, back in 2010. Second unit director of photography for three episodes in 2013. Director of photography from 2013 to 17, ending with season eight, episode three, Monsters. He has directed 17 prior episodes of Walking Dead Classics, starting with The Grove. And as is tradition, we have to do the wave. Here we go. No, pardon me. That is the wrong one. It's right next to this one. Yes, I need to look at the flowers because apparently I can't click on the right damn stuff when I'm trying to do a joke with you guys. Okay, let's go back. And uh, that was his first directing up to season 10, episode 11, Morningstar. That was the last one he directed for Walking Dead Classic. Satcho has been co-executive producer for Fierce in season 4, episode 1 in 2018. Uh, up to season 7, episode 2, six hours. That was 48 episodes worth. An executive producer from Season 7, Episode 1, The Beacon to Now, 14 episodes before tonight. That's actually not true now. Um, no, wait. No, it is true. Because it would be 14 episodes. He has directed 19 prior episodes of Fear, 5 in Season 4, 5 in 5, 6 in 6, and 3 in Season 7 so far. Tonight will be his 20th episode directed for Fear, the last previous being Season 7, Episode 8, Padre, the mid-season finale. He's directing Episode 1 of Tales of the Walking Dead, called Heist, this summer, as well as Episodes 3 and 6, which do not yet have titles. Okay, now it's 8.58. Let's see what Joan has ranted before I cut down. Um, she's, she's still double-checking on the Noah thing for me. And we've got about one minute till we go live, and that's, uh, that's all fine. 
Okay. So we've done writers and directors. When we come back, we will start doing trivia. Um, as I mentioned earlier, and we're going to make a big deal. Tonight is the 100th episode of Fear Ever. I'm not sure all of that was by merit as much as it was kind of obligation the way you put up with the kid sister who just broke your favorite something. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Going to call things by their proper names. All right. Um, I'll do a little nibble of trivia while we're waiting. Um, co-stars tonight, Aniston Almond as masked girl or young girl. She's around age seven to eight in character and previously in the episode Follow Me. It's the one that Alicia has been dreaming about. And there has been speculation, unconfirmed, just rumors, that this is supposed to represent a younger Alicia or something, a psychological icon of some sort. There is nobody listed as also starring, and it's 8.59, and we have a long list of the rest. So I'm going to pause right here and go dark, and I will see you guys at the first commercial break. Thank you for joining us tonight. Okay, guys, <laughs> it's 9.05. We are already at our first commercial break. Um, Jonas said the last appearance of Tyler James Williams as Noah was in season six, episode Spend. Okay, do we know where they were? Or I can, I, I use a site called fandom.com. It used to be called Wikia, like Wiki with an A on the end of it. And they usually have stuff on that. Um, I'm wondering if we can find out where he was located then or what's going on with the death and the revolving door because I was quite sure that that wasn't Alexandria. I don't know where a revolving door would have been because it was supposed to be like a department store that that happened in. There was no revolving door in Alexandria. Um, anyhow, uh, maybe Joan can enlighten us or if we don't get to it, I'll try to see if I can find it during the next break. Um, the opening to this was weird. I'm not even going to say it's weird as usual. This was weirder. It was too short. And I'm getting sick and tired of Alicia's convenient illnesses. She's able to do stuff when the plot needs it. She faints at inopportune moments like when the fire's on in the tower. And I don't see how she got out of that. How did she unfaint? and get out with her people if Strand wasn't involved, who's the one standing right there with her. And how does she know he's alive to go back for him into all that toxic shit where those zombies are going to start melting before she gets back to him? All right, so now we have another trailer for a show. It's cops and stuff. Oh, I, I think I've seen this before, but I can't remember what it is. All right, I'm going to stick with it to give you the title. Dark Winds is a new series starting June 12th on AMC and AMC+. Plus. And we are already back, so I'll see you guys at break number two. Okay, it's 9.14. We are at break number two. I'm staying at 3.5. I would be willing to bet Joan is staying at three <laughs> or wondering if she can bribe me to let her lower her score. Okay, getting a little fed up. I, I don't have regrets about my compliments to Alicia Dubnam Carey's acting. I have all of the hate for the stuff they're making her say. This whole back and forth, convenient. I have fevers. I pass out at certain moments, but I don't pass out to where I get killed, even though I should have. This stuff is old and tired. You are flogging the horse into glue. 
Joan is staying at three and fussing that Ian and Andrew wrote this episode, and it shows. Jesus. Okay. And she just so happened to end up in Al's truck and just so happened to find the one tape of several that is probably her mom interviewing because her mom mentions Amina. Well, actually, her mom gave Al Amina as her name because she didn't want to give her actual name. Otherwise, they would have found this out a long time ago. Um, I, I'm very resentful that Al's truck conveniently is here. And, of course, you have to realize they're all going in the rafts. So Al's truck will not be coming with them because how are they going to gas it up to get anywhere that they're going? Um, she did take the tape. Okay, that's great. I hope she took a couple of others. There was one there with Abraham and Rosita and possibly Eugene. I can't remember. I think it was just Abraham, maybe. Um Anyway, that's what's going on with that. Let's see if we can keep going with the trivia. We are still in commercial, so let's keep going. Uncredited for this week, Avaya White as Morgan, baby Morgan. Candace Michelle Barley as Maya Vasquez. Kim Dickens as Madison Clark in archival footage. Frank Delane as Nicholas Clark, archival footage. Gus Halper as Will, archival footage. That's the guy who Alicia loves that Strang killed. Rob Mello is Thin Survivor, archival footage from season four, episode one, What's Your Story? He is the guy who does not survive. Morgan buries him. Jared Gibson as Elias Vasquez, archival footage, uh, prop, no actor, bird. That's the bird. During a vacation in the mountains, Wilhelmina crashed through the windows of the house that the Clark family was staying at. Both Alicia and Nick nursed back to health after it had broken its wings even putting up alarms to take care of the bird and feeding, fed it worms and water from an eyedropper. They kept it in a shoebox. After it got better, she decided to fly around the living room. It's unknown if she was taken back to Los Angeles after the vacation or not. So the bird is a representational thing of some sort. Um, trivia. First and last appearance of Wilhelmina. Amina. Hallucination slash flashback. Last appearance of Elias, of Will, of Nick. The title of the episode, Amina, refers to the tape of Madison's interview with Althea. It also refers to the name of the bird that the Clark family nursed back to health during a vacation. As of this episode, Colby Holman, Holman, H-O-L-L-M-A-N, who played Wes, has been removed from the opening credits. And this is the 100th episode of AMC's Fear. All right. We're still on a commercial, so real quick, I'm just I'm going to give... Colby, so applause for his work. And we're back, so I'll give you the rest of the trivia at the next break. I'm staying at 3-5. Joan's staying at 3. And by the way, Joan, I thought Josiah was the brother of Emil, the guy that Morgan killed. And I had wondered what happened to him, actually, by the way. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we have a lot of bitching about tiny little things and continuity problems. Your continuity people need to be hit in the head. Okay. Uh, Joan made a comment a little while ago. Did you notice how Alicia's comment about the scarcity of bullets? So the never-ending supply wasn't convenient to the story they want to tell anymore. And now we have Alicia walking through an orange landscape without her gas mask or any other coverage. And I'm fussing about a walker who's face is covered in chain link fence that's embedded in there because it pushed through should not be intact those bodies have been rotting under radiation for several weeks if not months by now 
And Joe's like, details, details. These two don't care about petty little details like chain link fence walkers being in pieces. And I'm like, please let season eight be the last and have some showrunner help. I'm sorry, guys. I realize I don't have the job and you do, but it's not like I'm an idiot. I, I have told stories. I have worked on TV and film enough to know that this is stupid. Okay. Um, the, oh, Jonan said she'd forgotten about Josiah. So I think that's him. I just can't remember if Alicia had seen him or not. I, I've forgotten who has met who. Um, all right. Let me go back to my trivia notes and let's continue. Last episode's trivia was the 99th episode of Fear Ever. No co-stars, no author starring, uncredited Dennis Kiefer as lead ranger Tower Resident 3. Dennis is an American actor and stuntman who portrays a lead ranger and also portrayed a militia man in season 3, episode 22, Eye of the Beholder, on Fear. Mercedes Mason was Ophelia in archive footage and Arnold Chon, C-H-O-N, as a... Excuse my hiccups, I'm sorry, as a Tower Ranger. The Perils of Live Radio, pardon me. Okay, trivia, last appearance of Ophelia, last appearance of El Bazaar, uh, which translates to the Bazaar. It's a complex trading post set in an abandoned bullfighting arena in Mexicali, Baja, California, in Fear Season 3. Trading post is founded and controlled by a motorcycle gang called the Proctors, which I think is going to become relevant to Madison coming back. Um... I don't know that any of the missing proctors are going to be with them because they killed a lot of them at the dam. But I just feel like that's bringing that up at this point has to be a plot device because why would you? Last appearance of Wes, appearance of the Rosarito Beach Hotel in a flashback. And we're still in commercials. So this episode marks Karen David's 25th appearance on Fear the Walking Dead. In this episode, Dennis Kiefer remains uncredited and not listed under co-stars despite having speaking lines. Uh, you know what? I'm going to give Dennis some applause, too, so at least he gets something. <laughs> I know he doesn't listen to my show. I know he may not hear it, but that's fine. I want to give people credit for things. This episode marks the return of Peter Jacobson, Rabbi Jacob Kessner, to the series. Peter was absent since the episode of The Beginning. And, oh, this is a trailer, probably for 66, yeah, 61st Street. Which is coming up next? Are we? We're almost back, but we're still in the trailer. Let me keep going as much as I can. The title of the episode, "Divine Providence," refers to Strand's reaction to learning that Alicia has arrived at the tower. This episode takes place a few hours after the raft, and the same day as Sunny Boy ended. Wendell and Sarah are reunited for the first time since season six. Alicia states she has buried Will's body, explaining how she now has Strand's medallion. And we are now back. I will see you at the next break. Thanks. Break number four. I'm going up just a teeny tiny bit. Just because some of the dialogue was a little less stupid. It seems like... (laughs) Joan is doing the same thing. She's at three, two, five because she likes seeing Sarah and her attitude. Yes, yes, exactly what I'm getting at. Okay, so beef with the last section. I here is my theory. I'm going to nerf this slightly to not spoil it. 
I think that the girl doesn't exist. It's her hallucinating, although she grabbed that tape, and I don't know why the hell she doesn't pull the tape out and show them, because that would prove that this all happened. Um, And I think the friend the girl is looking for is the person that Alicia is said to come and drag back with them tonight. And I do know who it is, and it has been publicly announced, but if you don't know, I'm kind of not going to ruin it right now. I might say if it doesn't come up soon. Um, Here's a continuity beef. How do her and the girl just so happen to have two working walkies, which is kind of a point in the favor of she's a hallucination because it's convenient. Um, I'm at 375, Jones at 325, and let's go back and finish off trivia. Okay, this episode, no, I already told you that part. Let me go down to see if I can find where. Ah, here we go. Wes, Alicia, and Strand refer to the events of the episode You're Still Here several times. Strand also refers to the events of season five, where Alicia and Strand had worked together to save people and the portrait, where Morgan had tried to poison them to death. Coordinates are revealed to be 29 degrees, 20 minutes, 14.1 seconds north, 94 degrees, 59 minutes, 25.0 seconds west. Somebody went and figured out that this indicates that the tower is located in Hitchcock, Texas. I have no idea how plausible that would be. I don't know how close it is to Austin. Uh, okay, episode highlights. That's a feature that's been new and gives you sort of a extended synopsis outline of the episode. After Alicia arrives at the tower, Strand invites her in to talk, and then he has his men lead the herd from the crater to kill Alicia's army while trapping Alicia inside of the tower. After Alicia reveals she's dying, Strand decides to make a deal with Alicia to save her friends, causing West to mutiny against him alongside the tower's rangers. Due to Luciana lying to him that Ophelia is inside the tower, Daniel accompanies Alicia inside and after breaking free works with Strand and Alicia in exchange for being led to Ophelia. I also question Daniel's obsession with Ophelia. He damn well knows. He held her body when she was dying. Or Well, she was technically already dead, but she was like just a few seconds too late. Alicia, Strand, and Charlie help Daniel snap out of his fugue state and recognize that Ophelia truly is gone, instead focusing on helping Charlie, whom he cares about for the little time that she has left, which is believed to be only a couple of weeks at most. Strand states that Charlie got a radiation sickness from the radioactive walkers and that it's alpha particles, which is worse than what Alicia was exposed to. Strand admits that Alicia is the closest thing he has to a daughter. Wes is killed by Strand when he refuses to relent, but it breaks Alicia's trust in Strand completely as it shows he hasn't changed. I don't know why she thinks he would have. Alicia broadcasts a message calling survivors to the tower, but the broken lighthouse beacon and fuel spilled in her fight with Strand sets the town sets the tower on fire, which will spread throughout the building. Alicia collapses as the tower catches fire. And we are still in commercial, so deaths last week. The lead ranger, Wes, four unnamed members of Morgan's group, and 15 unnamed tower residents. There were no errors or bloopers announced. And do we have time? If we have one more commercial, I'll do this. No, we're back. I'm going to say birthdays for the next break. Thanks.
Okay, guys, it's 9.43. We are at break number five. I'm at 375. Jones at 325. We are just not feeling this episode. The shit with these fever dreams and the little girl who's attached to Strand. Is it Alicia? Is she real? What's with the tapes? What's with the van? What's with Victor? Why isn't he around? Blah, 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 blah. What does the bird have to do with it? And why do we have to look at the trailers to find out why the bird fucking matters? That should have been brought up in the episode so we don't have to look for outside info to understand that plot device. Bad, 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 bad. Ian and Andrew, go to your room. Holy crap. Alicia, you are doing a very good job with the poo-poo you have been handed. (laughs) Most of the rest of the cast is as well, doing the best they can, but oh my God. All right, let's do something fun to make up for that horse shit. Cast birthdays this week. We are going to June because there are no birthdays for the next couple days. So June birthdays, Sarah Wayne Callies, who played Lori June 1st. She's from LaGrange, Illinois, although raised in Honolulu. Madison Janice L-E-I-S-L-E, Lyle? It was Jamie in the Walking Dead episodes, uh, Torn Apart. June 2nd from the United States, but I don't know what city. Josh McDermott, who plays Eugene, June 4th, Phoenix, Arizona. And Robin Lord Taylor, who played Sam in season 4 and season 5, the couple Sam and Anna at Terminus, uh, June 4th also. And she is from Sheweyville, Iowa, S-H-U-E-Y-Ville, Iowa. All right, we're still in commercials. So, uh, featured music from last time. Lock May, L-A-K-M-A-E with an accent, Act One. Flower Duet by Rory Marston, Alexander Wilson, and Alex Schalliner, T-S-C-H-A-L-L-E-N-E-R. That's the music that was playing while Strand is shaving. Unaccounted for characters, just going to bring it up because we're getting near the end of the season. And little things keep happening that point to those plots, but I know that Ian and Andrew are not clever enough to fix them. Uh, Taka, Kalataka Walker and Lee, Crazy Dog, Proctor John, Diana and Tracy Otto. I'm not letting go of Emma Caulfield. Sorry, Emma. Big rooting for you, bringing somebody like you in and then not following it. And the miniseries passage should have connected to season three or four or anything at all. And you guys blew that mechanic, which was really awesome, and you killed it, and, and that's lame. No Talking Dead tonight. It's 61st Street. Uh, Talking Dead is on hiatus until June 5th. One more episode of Fear uh, 101-16. Title is Gone. Writers are Andrew and Ian. Director is Sharat Raju. And that will air next Sunday, the 5th of June. Other upcoming shows on NDV Media include Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega. Mondays at 10 p.m., Roger D. Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the oh, Tales of the Walking Dead this summer, new episodes. When? Please tell us when, damn it. Ugh. We're going back now. I'll tell you the rest at the next break. Thank you. break number six, last one of the evening, very likely. Um, I'm going to go to four with misgivings, and this is a super conditional four, only because we're at the end, and I'm really 
not too pleased with the whole dragging this out. Holy crap. This thing with Alicia. Okay, I did call it, and I was trying not to spoil it for you guys earlier. I didn't know that she was going to the Tower to save Strand. It took all goddamn episode. That should have been a 10-minute thing. This is not something that deserved to be the whole plot. And there was all this foreshadowing about Kim coming back and, oh, you know, my mom said this and the bird and the tape. Why didn't she pull out the tape to show everybody that the girl, okay, maybe the girl wasn't real, but the girl directed her to get that tape because that van's going to be left behind when they go to the rest. And I wish she had taken more tapes with her. I'm really salty now. The tapes on there were so valuable, and now they're lost. That was a completely dropped plot device that I'm not happy about at all. Okay, let's go and get the rest of the trivia. We're talking about future shows coming up. Okay, Phantom Access Weekend Review, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the Yippee Yappers, Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they dissect another night of TV. Recent discussions have included hot takes on Fear the Walking Dead, The Wild, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and whatever else sounds intriguing. Rock and Roll Shrink Radio Show, Wednesday, the 8th of June, 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. the Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Topic is TBA, and that'll be episode 131 for us. Travel Itch Radio on Thursday, the 2nd, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. As Major League Baseball celebrates Lou Gehrig Day on June 2nd, Travel Itch Radio lets listeners know where they can um, find artifacts of the Hall of Fame slugger and visit places where he is remembered. Host Dan Schlossberg and co-host Mary Ellen Nugent Lee are proud to interview New York, New York writer and publicist Marty Appel, A-P-P-E-L. Uh, I hope I said your name right, Marty. Apologies if I didn't. Author of Pinstripe Empire and more than a dozen other Yankee-related books. Okay, that pretty much covers the rest of my notes. We're still in the commercial for just a hot minute, but hopefully we're going back because we don't have too much time till the top of the hour. And remember, there will not be Talking Dead after this. There will be 61st Street, but there will be Talking Dead on the series finale next weekend on June 5th. I do not have any idea who's going to be on there. And so I can't tell you that until next weekend. But I will be glad to have Chris Hardwick back. And maybe, hopefully, Kim Dickens will be on there. That would be cool. And we're going into another commercial. Guys, we don't have that much more time to be screwing around with commercials. I don't know why we're dragging it out like this, because it's the top of the hour just about. Um, I appreciate you guys sticking it out with us. Let's see. Joan has not made any further commentary about it. Oh, wait. Here we go. The next show isn't on until 10.14. We have another 13 minutes or so of torture. <laughs> well, shit. Thank you for the notes. Um, there's a pretty woman in a fancy car. Not sure what's going on. Oh, it's an Audi. So I guess it's a car commercial. Um, that's fun. She's fun. There's a fun-looking building. Not sure what else to get from that. But I am out of notes, and I don't really want to say goodbye to you guys until it's time for goodbye, which should be shortly. Well, hopefully we're going to get back to it. There we go. Good God. All right. Thank you, and I will see you guys at the end. Okay, guys, it's 1014. I am ending on a very conditional four. I am almost ready to give Joan dispensation to lower her score if she wanted. 
I'm not liking this new Madison plotline. Why she would be stealing babies like this. I don't like this magically people have these pathologies that don't happen the way that it's plot convenient for you guys. You can't fucking think of a better story than that. All right. Uh, fussing about Alicia having skin ex- exposed on her neck and walking into the fray. And how is that going to reunite her with Madison? I don't know. I don't like any of this. This does not make me look forward to anything. I, I like Kim, and that's about the only reason I'm sticking with it this far. So I don't know. Not sure what to make of any of the rest of it. I'm going to go ahead and do an outro and let you guys go. I will see you next weekend for the finale. So thank you, Joan. Thank you not only to everybody joining us tonight, but those of you who may be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special thanks to our host, NDB Media. We hope that you will join us next weekend for another live watch party on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. Thank you all again for joining us and for your immeasurable patience. And uh, that's about it. So good night and see you next weekend.